Our learning objective is to compute a holding period return, a per period return, an arithmetic mean return, and a geometric mean return. In other words, the basic forms of measurement of return. Now, when we talk about measuring return, keep in mind that we'll look at two different types of problems. In some cases, we'll be talking about problems that involve ex-ante returns. Now, ex-ante is a classic Latin phrase that means before the fact. So when we talk about ex-ante, we're talking about expected returns. And usually such returns are associated with a probability distribution. But it's returns that might happen. The alternative is returns that involve ex-post data. Ex-post means after the fact, and that means we're using historical data. So you have actual rates of re uh, return or actual prices that have occurred. Most of the problems that you will see in uh, investments involve working with ex-post or historical data. The most basic measure of returns are the holding period return and the holding period return relative. A holding period return is the rate of return for the entire period that the investment was held. The holding period return relative is the end of period value relative to the beginning of period value for the specified holding period. Now, in equation form, the HPR, the holding period return, is the income received during the holding period, and if it's multiple years, then you would accumulate all of the income, plus the change in value divided by the beginning value. The holding period return relative is income received plus the ending value, not the change in value, the ending value divided by the beginning value. The two are clearly related. Holding period return is equal to the holding period return relative minus 1, or more commonly, we say that 1 plus the holding period return equals the holding period return relative. When talking to clients, we might have occasion to use the holding period return. The holding period return relative is a computation that is sometimes used in developing other uh, statistics that we work with. Let's take a practice problem here. You bought a stock for $30 three years ago. You received a dividend of $1 per share each year and just sold the stock for $35. What is your holding period return and your holding period return relative? Well, the income received is $3 because it's a dollar a year for three years. The change in value is $5, 35 minus 30, and the beginning value was 30. So the holding period return would be the $3 income plus the $5 change in value, or a total of 8, divided by the $30 beginning value, which is .267, or 26.7%. For holding period return value uh, relative, we substitute the ending value of 35, so the numerator is 3 plus 
35 or 38 divided by the $30 beginning value and you get 1.267. So you can see that the holding period return relative is the holding period return plus one. Now, when we are working with various types of problems, we more commonly would work with the per period return and the per period return relative. They're essentially the same concepts. Per period return is the return earned for a particular period, and most of our problems we work with annual periods. So a period and a year are synonymous. So a per period return would be the period's income plus the price change for that period divided by the beginning of period value. The per period return relative then is the period's income plus the end of period value divided by the beginning period value. When measuring uh, an effective annual rate of return over time, uh, probably the most appropriate measure of return is the geometric mean return. And there are four steps to computing a geometric mean return. The first step is to convert the per period returns to per period return relatives. The second step is to multiply all the per period return relatives together to get the holding period return relative. The third step is to compute the nth root of the holding period return relative where n is the number of time periods that you used in the computation. And then the final step is to subtract 1 so that in formula notation we say that the HPRR, the holding period return relative, is equal to the product of the per period return relative. So it's per PPRR sub 1 times PPRR sub 2 times on up through PPRR sub n. The geometric mean return is then equal to the holding period return relative that we just computed to the 1 over n power. That's what we mean by nth root. And then once you compute the nth root, you subtract 1. So let's consider an example. Say that you earn 10% in the first year and lose 10% in the second year. What is the geometric mean return? Well, the solution is we note that the per period return for the first year is 10% or 0.10, and the per period return for the second year is minus 10% or minus 0.10. So the per period return relatives are 1.10 and 0.90. That is 1 plus 0.1 and 1 minus 0.1. We then compute the holding period return relative, which is 1.1 times 0.9, which gives you 0.99. We're then ready to compute the geometric mean return by taking the nth root of 0.99. Now, in this case, there were two observations, so n is 2. So we take 0.99 to the 1 half power. As you, I hope, recall from high school, when you take something to the one-half power, 
you are in effect computing the square root. So we take the square root of 0.99, we subtract uh, 1, and the square root of 0.99 turns out to be 0.995. You subtract 1, you get minus 0.005 or minus 1 half percent. When you are doing this on a, the calculator, I think the steps up through computing the holding period return relative are fairly straightforward. But when you get to computing the geometric mean return itself, uh, there are a couple of ways of doing it. One is that uh, when you're ready to compute the nth root, and uh, n happens to be 1 half, uh, then you would uh, want to hit the shift key, and then you would hit the square root sign, and then uh, you will get the 0.995. An alternative method is to hit the shift key. Then uh, you would uh, hit the key that is the y to the x power. You now have to tell it what the x power is, so the next entry would be 0.5, and then you hit the equal, and it will give you the 0.995. So if you only have two time periods, using the square root is the easiest way, but if you have a number of time periods that's different than two, then you would always want to use this method. The keystrokes on this are shift clear all. I want to emphasize that when you're doing computer calculations, you always start with shift clear all. And the reason for this is if you have any numbers left in memory from a previous calculation, they will mess up the current calculation. So it's just good standard practice to uh, hit shift clear all as you, uh, as you start each new problem. Then you enter the 1.1 times 0.9 and the display will be 0.99. Uh, and in this example, uh, let's hit the shift, the y to the x, 0.5, uh, the equal sign, and the display will be 0.995, and then you subtract 1, and the display is minus 0.005, so the answer is minus half a percent. The arithmetic mean return is another way of expressing an average annual uh, effective rate of return over time period, and it's very simple. You get the arithmetic mean return by summing up all of the rates of return and dividing by the number of uh, time periods. So for example, returning to our previous example, if you earn 10% in the first year and lose 10% in the second year, what is the arithmetic mean return? And the solution is you take 10% plus a minus 10%, which conveniently works out to be zero, divide by two, and the answer is zero. If you have the geometric mean return and the arithmetic mean return as two different ways of measuring return over time, which one's better? Well, if you're trying to communicate to a client how they really did over a period of several years, that would be the geometric mean return, not the arithmetic. And I can show this by a simple example. Suppose that over two time periods, 
the investor earned 100% in the first time period and lost 50% in the second time period. If you compute the arithmetic average return or the arithmetic mean return, you will get plus 25%. If you compute the geometric mean return, you will get 0%. Well, which one makes more sense? Think of it this way. If you make an investment and, you, and it costs you $1,000, and in the first period you earn a 100% return, then at the end of the period your 1,000 has grown to 2,000. If in the second period you lose 50%, then the 2,000 shrinks back to 1,000. And so we're left with the, the observation that if you start the investment with a value of $1,000 and two years later the investment is still worth $1,000, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to appreciate that in, in effect, your, what you really, the rate of return you really earned was 0%, not 25%. Now, let's consider the relationship between the geometric mean return and the arithmetic mean return. First of all, only when all of the per period returns are identical will the two be equal about the only uh, investment advisor I know who was able to earn pretty much identical per period returns was Bernie Madoff. In reality, nobody earns exactly the same rate of return each time period. If the per period returns are not identical, then the geometric mean return will always be less than the arithmetic mean return. And the third point about the relationship is this difference between the geometric mean return and the arithmetic mean return will increase as the variability among the per period returns increases. So in our first example where we had two time periods and you had plus 10% and minus 10%, that's not a lot of variability, it is some and the geometric mean return was minus half a percent and the arithmetic mean was zero percent so that they're pretty close. But in the second example where you had plus a hundred percent and minus fifty percent that's a lot of variation and we saw that the twenty-five percent versus zero percent difference uh, in the arithmetic mean versus geometric mean is actually fairly large. Uh, this is our practice question. Over the last three years, you had rates of return of 20%, 10%, and minus 5%. The question is, what were the arithmetic mean return and the geometric mean return? To answer this question, let's start with the arithmetic mean return. And because there's only three observations, we can do this in a very simple manner. You can take 20%. plus 10%, minus 5%, and divide by 3, and that gives you 25% divided by 3, which is 8 and one-third percent. Okay, so to get the geometric mean return, we first convert the per-period returns to 
per period return relatives. So the 20% becomes 1.20. The 10% becomes 1.10. And the minus 5% becomes 0.95. The next step is that we multiply these three per period return relatives together. And when you multiply them together, you get 1.254. Okay, we're now ready to compute the geometric mean return directly. So our equation is 1.254 to the power of the one-third. minus 1. Now when you take something to the one-third power, that would also be known as the cube root. So we want to compute the cube root. And our keystroke sequence then would be to hit the shift. We have, we have 1.254 in the window. So you hit shift, y to the x, now, one might be tempted to think, if I'm taking it to the one-third power, then I would enter 1 divided by 3. But if you do that, the calculator will interpret the first entry as the power. So it'll give you 1.254 to the first power. So at this point, you have to look ahead and realize that one-third power is the same as 0.3. 3, 3, 3, and then you hit the equal button and you will get the correct answer which is 1.0784. And then the final step of course is to subtract 1 which is, gives us 0 0.0784 or 7.84 percent. So once again our geometric mean is less than our arithmetic mean return.